Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for basis opinion. Today is May 10th, 2022, and this is episode 340. My name is Scott Magnus. And this is Jake English. And this week's show, well, we're going to dig down and find the truth of the matter. We'll also get a visit from our show's most prestigious of guests. Ooh. And we're going to do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you imbibing on this week? Scotty, I had the most interesting week um, as far as the drink of the week is concerned. I attended a wedding in Mechanicsburg, uh, Pennsylvania this past week, and the the available bar, open bar, you know, mm-hmm. that's always great. At great, yeah. The available bar drinks included Miller Lite, Bush Lite, and Bush. Interesting. Um, Scott, I'm not proud of the choices that I made. Um, my drink of the week was... Bush Light. Oof. I thought you were at least going with Miller Light, but um, yeah, okay. Bush Light. Um, I am hey, drink- when in Mechanicsburg. When in Mechanicsburg, I guess. Um, I am drinking a Cape May Brewing Company Orange Indian Pale Ale. Uh, this is given to me by a fellow colleague at work, um, and it's called Crushing It. Um, it is a fruit ale bursting with orange juice. Um a pretty refreshing beer, um, maybe sitting on the beach or on a porch one night. So uh, kudos to you. Thanks uh, thanks to Brandon for, for dropping me. Um, you know, just as a quick story for Brandon, um, New Jersey slash New York native. So he is a big Yankees fan. And uh, every single time the Yankees lose to the Orioles, uh, I enjoy giving him the good ribbing uh, on it for, for it. But this is a good beer. Um, who would have thought that Yankees fans could actually pick decent beer out? Um, if you want to know what we're drinking on daily slash weekly basis, follow us on Untapped. You can follow me at MAGN8606. I'm at JakeE4025. And with that, let's go on over to the medical wing. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. I'm going to check your ears, check your eyes, find out how much you've grown. Time for your checkup. going to listen to your heart fix you up, ready to go. Time for your checkup. <laughs> All right, so uh, a lot of stuff going on in the medical wing. Um, you may have noticed that we've been slightly delayed as it relates to Bird's Eye View, cutting off our kind of weekly schedule. Um, and one of those reasons was the Magnus family, uh, unfortunately, was uh, hit uh, with COVID. Um, you know, we are all obviously vaccinated booster, thank goodness. Um, so symptoms were mild. Um, but pretty much everyone in my house uh, had it except for myself. Uh, so I've been really enjoying masking 24-7. Uh, I've been really enjoying sleeping on the couch uh, for the past, I think, 15 days now. Um, it's yeah, coming for up for a on. different reason this time. For a different for reason, a different absolutely. Reason. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's been... Um, I, I'm really glad I did not injure my, my oblique, is the best way I can put it, put it out to there. So, uh, Well, I'm so glad that everybody's okay. I, I'm sorry that your entire family was down on the 10-day IL, but... It sounds as though you're coming on the other side of it. Uh, we are coming across and uh, we're coming through the tunnel. And like I said, um, I'm, thank goodness that it didn't get more worse than it actually was. Um, you know, some more breaking news that came out from this evening um, was Urias was pulled uh, from tonight's game on Tuesday for, quote unquote, undisclosed reasons. So, Scott, do you think those same reasons were the ones that were undisclosed about your family last week? Um, I mean, I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, the Orioles have generally come out and basically not uh, given information out in the past when a player has tested positive for COVID. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, Urias has tested positive for COVID um, and he's going to be out for, you know, a decent amount of time. I mean, not a ton um, based off of current protocols, but, you know, I would think he's going to be out for at least you know, seven days is probably the case. Okay. Uh, who do you think plays third base in his stead uh, while we're waiting? Wilson Betamite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, how dare you, sir? How dare you? I mean, I think like Tyler Nevin is probably going to fill in there um, a good amount for the time being. I think someone like Chris Owings is going to fill in there. They don't think we'll put Odor over there. I don't think we're going to put Odor over there. I, I, I just don't see that. Um, I think it's going to be one of those two. It'll be interesting, um, you know, what the Orioles do here. Um, and if they say, you know, who's going to fill in on that additional spot as a position player on the roster? Do you need to bring up an infielder um, from, you know, from Norfolk? Um, or do you potentially say we're going to go ahead and bring McKenna back up and give yourself another kind of speed runner? Especially now that you're playing National League this week, um, you know, does a double switch actually be more appropriate um, in certain scenarios? No, Scotty, not in this CBA. There is no more does or no more pitchers hitting. Oh, that's right. We have we have just DHs. There's no more pitchers. We will never again get to see like Kevin Gossman or Zach Britton ever hitting again. So uh, unless the game has gone very very poorly but again when i when i talk about double switches i mean like hey we're going to go ahead and take out rugna Adore, and we're going to put in ryan mckenna so we can actually you know lay down a bunt or steal a base or anything like that as well well uh looking at, at another roster change not necessarily medical wing related uh jorge lopez uh was added to the bereavement list that's uh you know obviously uh his grandfather passed away that's terrible for him and his family uh, also terrible for Orioles fans, as it means that Travis Lakin Sr. is back with the team in the ballpark without a ticket. Cat's got, got a lot of lives is the best way to describe it in terms of double hiders coming up, um, you know, people going on bereavement list. Um, yeah, um, I, I guess it makes sense in terms of, you know, you just basically pull up the, the last individual you use. But I think that there are other individuals in Norfolk right now that I think folks have been clamoring for that they want to see um i think it's one of those matters where there probably are better options than lackins but again it's you know opening up that 40-man roster spot um especially with individuals that are you know potentially coming up in the near future um that also need 40-man roster spots so um the 40-man roster roulette is going to get very interesting in in the next few weeks a couple things on the medical wing that I, I missed uh, during our, our medical hiatus. Um, the first is uh, Heston Kerstad. Yeah. I, uh, moved to the 60-day uh, injured list at low A Delmarva. We're still waiting for his uh, his professional debut. Yeah, I missed this one, too. I mean, this came out um, on Sunday, and I just completely missed this, probably because it was Mother's Day and we were focused on other things. I mean, I, I don't want to make that big of a deal out of it. But at, at the same point, it's like you said, he still hasn't seen any like significant active time. And that just seems like it's a big red flag in his development. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> also, uh, a little further on down the list, I missed this was May 2nd. I missed Cesar Preto uh, shortstop. Uh, heading to the seven-day minor league injured list with a hamstring. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something to keep an eye on. I mean, it, it's not super concerning to me as much as the Kerstead standpoint is. Um, yeah, I think that one is just, you know, you keep an eye on it is the best way to put it since it's day-to-day. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the names, you know, that that jumps out at Absolutely. me. I, I want to watch his progression uh, through the minors, and so it's a, it's a bummer when they miss some time. Yeah, I mean, speaking about bummers, I mean, I know it's not a, a player that was expected to do a ton, but maybe take up a few innings here or there. But Chris Ellis being shut down for the entire mm-hmm. season is a tough one. I mean, again, I know the Orioles released him at the end of last season to kind of open up some roster spots before going into the Rule 5 draft. Um, and then the Orioles obviously wanted to re-sign him. Um, that was a commitment that I think both parties wanted to do. It's really unfortunate for him. Um, he is going to continue to get service time on this basis, which is nice. But he's he's at that weird point of like he's got enough service time. And then he's also going to, in essence, be at a certain age that it's going to make it really tough for certain teams to keep him on a roster. So, yeah, and it's a bummer because this is a team that would have had some innings. Cor- you know, to, correct. To give. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, that's the only thing I look at it. I'm like, it's a shame that he's losing the entire season. And like I said, this was a really big season for him as a kind of a make and break standpoint. So, I still think he has a future in MLB, um, in, in my opinion. But this was this was a big opportunity for him, and um, 
him losing it is really unfortunate. Um, anybody else that popped out on you on the medical wing uh, of interest? No, there is no additional sadness that I that I can d- dive into in the medical wing. All right, well, then let's do this. Let's go to 280 characters less this week on the Twitters. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right, this week on the Twitters, uh, I want to start with a tweet from the Norfolk Tides. And I got to be honest, they are describing something that seems like a fun day at the ballpark. This was a tweet from the Tides earlier this week that reads, to open up our series versus Memphis at Harvard Park this week, top prospect DL Hall 33 will make his AAA debut with a start tomorrow. Adley Rutschman will also look to make his 2022 Tides home debut with first pitch at 6.35 p.m. Hashtag rising tide, hashtag birdland. Hey, that is worth spending money on if you live in the Norfolk area. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind of been a, we'll call it a, um, a tour, as it were, like of like you started out at Aberdeen, you went to Bowie, now you're at Norfolk, and it's kind of been building to this crescendo, as it were. But it's been nice for people to go out and and see some of the top prospects, including Adley, including DL Hall, um, at some of the more you know lower level aspects as part of this. Um, and I think it's been really smart how the Orioles have done this, where they've been like, you know, Aberdeen's at home. And then Bowie's at home. They decided to pull them ahead a little bit in Norfolk and send them to Nashville. But again, as a few people pointed out on Orioles Twitter, um, pretty savvy move because, you know, the Orioles looked in like, well, the games are going to be rained out in the local area. Let's go ahead and send them to Norfolk. I mean, let's go send them to Nashville, um, get them some additional games that we don't lose momentum um, and, and keep it going. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that it's little things like that, that I'm just extremely impressed with, with this organization. Yeah. It's nice to see him get some, right. Um, next tweet that we were going to cover comes from Connor Newcomb. Um, you can follow him at Connor Newcomb underscore. I guess there is a second Connor Newcomb out there, um, which is why we needed the underscore, uh, Connor posts as follows. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles have won six of their last nine games. Huh? That's, um, that's different. Is that allowed? I gotta be honest. There, there's been a stretch of baseball that has been entirely watchable. What's that about? Yeah. I mean, even the losses like we've talked about have been, we'll call it intriguing losses is the best way to put it. Um, it's really weird. Um, it's almost like if you have decent pitching um, and then you have clutch hitting, you can win baseball games. Is that... Is that allowed? Uh, we're going to have to check the manual. So, <laughs> um, like I said, once we program the VCR with the manual, we'll, we'll get back in touch with people to see if it's allowed. Absolutely. Our next uh, tweet comes to us from Nathan Ruiz. Updated stats on Camden Yard's new left field wall. Orioles home runs, two. Visitors home runs, zero. Orioles lost homers, seven. Two doubles, four flyouts, one sack fly. Visitors lost homer, homers, three, all flyouts. Scott, I have an idea. I know how to fix the wall problem. I think we should put this scoreboard out on the wall itself. Oh, I like that. I think we should track success versus failure, us versus them, on the wall itself. I want to turn, you know, they refer to the, the wall in Fenway as the monster. I want to make the wall at Camden Yards, a heel, you know, a villain. I want to make, I want to make the wall a character. All right. I've got an idea. I got an idea here. This is, this is actually a great idea in terms of making it a character. Um, so again, let's talk about American pastimes. Jake, when you think about American pastimes, you obviously think baseball, American pie, but we have to throw mini golf in there as well. So what, what if we do this, you know, just like the windmill or anything like that in a mini golf course, what if we just had the wall slowly move in and then slowly move back out throughout the entire game? And, you know, depending on the inning, it kind of sets the aspect of, you know, whether or not, you know, you got a little league ballpark or you in essence have this cavernous abode that now is Camden Yards. I like it. And then every like single it. time the ball hits off the wall, if it's in its furthest back aspect, we go true happy Gilmore when it's like it hits the clown and then you just hear a laugh like a. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great idea. No, I can't, I can't get that far because I think it brings us too close to the spite whistle. That's true. The spite whistle is pretty bad. Um, 
All yeah. right, I want to take a look at one last tweet. I saw this the other day, Scott, and I just I couldn't resist. This is from May 9th. Uh, this is a tweet from Ryan at Hoodie Glasnow. He, said, he tweets, I've got Orioles fans slamming me now on how the Rays got attendance issues. Like, yeah, we wouldn't have low attendance if we were in Tampa. This was, of course, uh, in response to his tweet earlier in the day that said, empty ass stadium in uh, reference to the Orioles being unable to fill the park on a cold 12.05 Monday game that was added to the schedule because of some rain. Here's the deal, Ryan. Consequences of behavior is a wonderful thing. Don't talk about attendance when you root for Tampa. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm just going to uh, chalk it up here and just say only Jake English is allowed to complain about attendance issues. You know, it's one of those things where it's funny to watch uh, Orioles Twitter go after him because it's like, you know, hey, only we can pick on our little brother. I to say Orioles Twitter has been uh, pretty... um, pretty vicious uh so far uh this year with the memes and uh responses to other i'll call it fan accounts to other teams so uh we're gonna have to track this and um you know see how far does this escalate but um yeah things continue to change on a year-on-year basis again we've talked about this before it's our 10th year doing the podcast and again you know as things change some things stay the same um you know in you know the annual tradition we invite the baseball widows onto our show to talk a little bit about the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards and what they were doing 30 years ago um, and what the next 30 years may look like. Hello, Birdland. Carrie and I are back, the Baseball Widows, for another Mother's Day podcast. Happy Mother's Day, Sarah. Happy Mother's Day, Carrie. Since this year we are going to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it got me thinking about what was life like 30 years ago. Mm. And I realized 30 years ago, both Sarah and I were in the third grade. So we thought it would be fun to compare what a third grader's life was like in 1992 compared to today. So we have brought in our resident expert to help us with this analysis, our very own third grader, Connor Magnus. Whoop, whoop. Connor, how are you tonight? Okay. All right. How do you feel about making your podcast debut? Tired. Tired. We did keep you up past your bedtime. I'm sorry. Don't be nervous. But as you know, this year, we're celebrating the 30th birthday of Camden Yards. We are. We are. 30 years ago. Sarah and I were in third grade, just like you That's are. That's old th- you guys are? Yeah. Watch just, it. Just like you are in third grade now. So we wanted to ask you how things have changed since 1992. Yeah, I guess. So what would you say your favorite TV show is? Naruto. And Sarah, what were you watching in 1992? Uh, I was definitely watching Home Improvement, followed by Full House. Oh, Full House was my answer. Yeah. At, wasn't it Tuesday nights and then Friday nights? Probably, along with every other nine-year-old girl out there. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, Connor, what kind of music were you listening to in 1992? Uh, I mean, just kidding. Connor was not around in 1992, but Connor, what kind of music do you like to listen to now? Bad Dreams by Stellar. Huh. I will have to look that up. Um, In 1992, I was... Really into the new kids on the block. I was bedspread, posters on the wall, Donnie. The whole nine. Jordan. Are they even alive? Joey McIntyre. <laughs> They're still alive. And what still if we, singing. What if we got you to get a meeting group with them? Um, I would really like that. <laughs> yeah, but our... But Dad would never do that. I uh, Maybe. I think he might. I also was enjoying uh, New Kids on the Block. But I also had a little bit of love for Achy Breaky Hearts and Billy Ray Cyrus. Do you know who that is? No clue. The guy who sings Old Town Road. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, Connor, what about books? What are third graders reading these days? I can't speak. 
graphic novels? Yeah, I don't know what books are called nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> what is the book that you're reading right now? Secret Coders. Ah, see, Sarah, what were you reading in 1992? Um, I was probably reading Babysitter's Club or Sweet Valley High Twins or something like that. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Classics. I feel like I was still in my American Girl phase. Mm, okay. I was definitely. I may have been as well. Those it was a long books. Time ago. It was a long time ago. Let's. All right, Connor. What about games? What's your favorite game to play? Fortnite, Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Odyssey. I could do this for hours. I <laughs> know. Seen you woke him up. <laughs> I know you could. Look how loud his Fortnite. voice. Oh yeah, let's go video games. And Sarah, what were you playing in 1992? Um, very likely that was the age that my father taught me how to play Rummy. Oh. Which, you know, a, a good high-tech card game. Yeah, I think I was playing a lot of Monopoly, Yahtzee. That maybe, may have also been maybe, like, maybe we, got the original, we got the original Nintendo around that age. Nintendo DC. No, honey. No, <laughs> original. Honey. What's original? I'll show you. You had... A no. Game Boy? Before a Game Boy. What? What? There was something before a Game Boy. Impressive. There is? Yeah. I'll, Just I'll... a little, little tiny screen? No. We'll, we'll look it up on YouTube. What? All right. Let's bring it back to baseball. In 2022, who is your favorite Oriole? Trey Mancini. Who was also born in 1992. Ouch. How about you, Sarah? Right now? No, in... I was going to say, I'm not sure I can name anybody on the team right now. Sorry to confess. <laughs> uh, in 92, I was a pretty big Brady Anderson fan. And by pretty big, I mean he's the only one on the team that I could name other than Cal Ripken. I was going to say, I, it was all about Cal Ripken in the early 90s. Yeah. I don't know if many Baltimoreans had... Brady was and, prettier. He still is. He still is. Sorry, yeah. Cal. <laughs> all right, Connor. One more question before we let you go. What do you think life will be like in 30 years from now? You know, when you're 39 like us. The world will probably be destroyed. <laughs> what do you think you'll be doing? To be honest, the world will probably be destroyed because we're making factories every day that's making smoke that's going to kill the earth because plants are dying. Oh, wow. wow. That, that took a turn. Very... And not just that, oh, but there are, there's a lot of people that are cutting down trees, and I'm afraid if some if some animal gets extinct, then another animal's not going to be able to eat, and then they're going to get extinct, and then they're going to get extinct, then hunters are not going to have anything to hunt. So then you're going to be an environmentalist. They're going to go against the government, and we're all going to have a civil war again, but in real life. I think the first civil war was also in real life. I don't care. <laughs> the, the Avengers one was fake, but we, we did have a real civil war. Anyway, I love your commitment to the environment and your passion. I think in 30 years, you are going to have done something to help us with all of the environmental issues that face the world. I sure I'm hope so. I'm an idiot. That's never going to happen. Oh, give yourself more credit. Well, my friends... Hopefully, Connor's predictions do not come true for <laughs> they will. thirty a years. A day, thirty years from now. I'm very smart. That will happen. You are very smart, but you are also smart enough to make change to stop it. So, happy Mother's Day out there, Burnland. We wish you a happy 2022 and happy next thirty years. And we'll see you again this time next year. Well, Scott, I think we need to be worried about our jobs. Yeah, I definitely think, um, honestly, I, I think we're actually okay. I mean, I, I think uh, Sam and Alan um, need to be worried about the aspect of Baltimoreans 2.0. Um, <laughs> again, you know, lovely female figures are definitely going to replace um, two individuals, um, you know, struggling to, you know, get on public radio at this point. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, Always an immense amount of fun listening to the Baseball Widows and uh, love to hear also uh, my son playing a cameo for them as well um, and getting really dark, really, really dark and um, obviously needing therapy is the best way to put it. So um, we're going to go ahead and take care of that. Normally, I would have expected that Orioles would have been traumatic to him, um, but apparently it's the environment. So, um, yeah, great.
Great stuff. Um, so Jake, um, you know, it's been a really interesting season so far. I mean, we are at a unique point where we are at, you know, 30 plus games at this point. Um, and I feel like we can start making some assertions as we're in terms of, um, you know, certain things. And I think we can start putting some, some, some standpoint on there. So I thought it might be best for us to bring back a, a classic game that we do, um, here at Bard's Eye View to really get into the heart of the matter. So Jake, um, I think it's time that we go ahead and bring back truth or truth on this Scott, aspect. Can you handle the truth? Or truth? Um, have we ever been able to handle the truth or the truth here at Bird's Eye View? Uh, so, Jake, uh, my first question to you is truth or truth? You know, I'm going to have to go with truth. All right. So, Jake, um, you know, obviously starting pitching has been really impressive so far this year. I guess my question to you is, um, with John Means now being out for the season, Bruce Zimmerman has posted some pretty amazing numbers both in K per nine rate at 8.90 and a walks per nine rate at 2.37. He currently has a 2.67 ERA and he currently has a 2.52 FIP at this given time. Could Bruce Zimmerman put up a performance just as good as John Means did in 2021? Wait a minute. John Means is out for the season? John Means is out for the season. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to say no, but what I will say is that if, Bruce Zimmerman develops into a number four starter in this league. I will do cartwheels forever. I, I think with you know some of the talent that we have coming, if Bruce Zimmerman can just be a little better than average, I think it would be a huge coup. Can he have a good year this year? Absolutely. Will he be a John Means type uh, pitcher? No. It was that's, in, that's my truth. Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking about this last year in 2021 where we said no one took that step forward. Um, and, and Bruce Zimmerman was one of those individuals that did not take that start step forward in terms of saying, like, yeah, he's a good pitcher. Um, you know, he had a 5.04 ERA last week, year, a 5.3 FIP. Um, and again, you know, reduced numbers as it relates to case per nine and an elevated, you know, walks per nine. I think the one thing that still bothers me about 2022 Bruce Zimmerman is if I look at the, we'll call it home run to fly ball ratio, it still seems a little off at 3.3% um, compared to his historical, you know, 15 to 16%. Um, and yes, I know people can come back and be like, but what the wall, the wall. Um, but I just feel like there's going to be a means to regression uh, for Bruce Zimmerman. A but John means a, a John means means to the regression. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I completely agree. Like if he could turn into a four starter, um, that would be amazing is the best way to put it. Like I said, I would be ecstatic. That's what we were looking for last year was a fourth or fifth starter. And if Bruce Simmons can turn into that, that's 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 a huge boon for the Baltimore Orioles. Now, I don't want to dig into your truth or truth, but I, I need a little bit more truth here, Scott. Talking about Bruce Zimmerman, what do you think? I mean, I, I feel like the floor is pretty obvious, but what do you think the ceiling is for Bruce Zimmerman's career? Uh, honestly, I think the ceiling is number three starter. Um, and I think the floor is um, designated for assignment. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, we've got a really good view of what that looks like. right? Yeah. We, we as Orioles fans, we know what that looks I've like. seen this so many times before with like even going back to like the Dark Ages with like a Hayden Penn and like a Mike Wright. And just there's so many times that this has happened before that I don't want to get too excited is the best way to put it. And again, there's some interesting numbers, but there isn't enough there to basically make me say yes and then again the, the home runs per fly ball ratio really scares me um so we'll see what happens but again um it'd be great if bruce Zimmerman can turn out to be a really solid um fourth or fifth starter you know through this season so far he's got a 1.0 f war um I, like i said uh, let's let's see how he progresses through the rest of the season but so far so good Man, how dumb are we going to look when he throws a perfect game? I'll love it. Like I said, I will love seeing a perfect game from any of the Orioles pitchers. But uh, yeah, if it's Bruce Zimmerman, um, I'll, I'll do something you know 
pretty outlandish is the best way to put it. All right. Well, Scott, I, um, I feel like I've bared my soul, right? Uh, I feel like I have, I have stuck to the truth. And so now I demand that you take that same responsibility. And I need to know right now from you, will it be truth or will it be truth? I'm going to go with the first. I'm going to go with truth. Okay. All right. My question to you is also related to starting pitching. I need to know from you who is going to win more games for the Baltimore Orioles this season, Kyle Bradish or Grayson Rodriguez? Oh, um, I'm going to go with Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, uh, move. Okay, so here's the thing. The truth. I want the truth. You pick the worst stat in the world because you pick wins. Uh, which means they had to get to five innings. Um, and I'm concerned that maybe Grayson Rodriguez doesn't get to five innings and Bradish has a chance to do more five inning games because he kind of is a little maybe stretched out. But I have to go with Grayson Rodriguez. Like I said, I just think he's a better pitcher than Bradish, and that's no knock on Bradish. Bradish looks extremely interesting to me. Um but there's something in, like when I watch Grayson Rodriguez pitch, there's just a different level of filthiness and there's a little bit more composure on the mound. Um, and again, he hasn't seen major league action like Bradish has. So I'm going to go with Grayson Rodriguez with more wins um, over Kyle Bradish. And I know that's chalk, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing both up here um, in the near future. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I would be really interested to see how Rodriguez is treated with kid gloves once he's here, but man, I just, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, Jake truth or the alternative truth oh no i'm not going with alternative truth no that's not happening i'm gonna go with regular old real truth uh so jake um austin hayes has been crushing it this past week um and on the season he's actually been doing really impressive as well um over the season over 119 plate appearances were at a 327 average a 403 on base percentage a 500 slugging average good for a 170 weighted runs created plus um, again, well over 100 in, 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 in 20 plate appearances. Um, he's forecast out now to have about a 1.1 F war. Um, if he were to basically project out like this for the rest of the season, he'd be somewhere around a you know four or five war player is the best way to play it. Um, my question to you is, do you buy that Austin Hayes is having a similar season to what Cedric Mullins did last season? Or do you think this is kind of a short-term flash in the pan? Um, that's a difficult question. <clears throat> so here are my thoughts about it. I absolutely believe that Austin Hayes is the type of player whose ceiling will be that kind of performance. I think that though not consistent, he will have years where he's that good. And I hope that he is that complimentary Jonathan scope esque player to, you know, provide the nucleus and to, to be a yes. And for our, our next glory years. Yep. Um, the thing that I think is impressive right now about Austin Hayes is that he is putting it all together and staying on the field. Yep. The real bugaboo I think for Hayes has been that he's just been snake bitten and has made several trips to the injured list. And so the real question for me is, will this be the first season that we get, all seasons worth of Austin Hayes, because I think at that point I'll be really thrilled about the player that we see. Maybe it'll be, you know, one of his, one of his good years, one of his best years. That that's awesome. I just need to see him have a full year. Yes. I mean, I completely agree. We've, we've talked about this before with Austin Hayes of like, we need to see at least 450 plate appearances out of him this season. If not, it's still kind of a, what does the future hold for Austin Hayes? Uh, But you're right. Knock on wood. Um, Austin Hayes has been, you know, relatively healthy, um, and has been doing a really nice job, but I don't know if it's quite time to crown him yet as, you know, an equal talent to Cedric Mullins, um, at this given moment. Um, but yeah, like I said, really intriguing is the best way to put it. And I'd like to look to see more of that is the best way to put it. All righty. All right. So Scott, um, you know, I need, I need an answer here. I need you to think about this. Will it be truth or will it be truth? Uh, I'll go with truth. Okay. 
We talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, the Orioles are fun to watch right now. Is the current watchable baseball we are being treated to simply a mirage? Or does this team have the ability to win more games than we may have thought coming into the season? All right. So I'm going to put a caveat on this. Of I think the, this team overall is a better team than they were last year. Uh, and I did say that coming into the season where I was just like, I think they're going to be slightly better. Um, a part of that, though, was I thought it was going to be on the backs of, you know, Grayson Regas and Adley Rutschman joining the team eventually and kind of propelling them for the second half of the season. I think the bullpen for a, on a whole is probably pretty real. Um, you know, looking at what they're doing out there. Yes, they sometimes get knocked up is the best way to put it. But 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 overall, they're doing a nice job and they're doing a nice aspect in terms of pitch selection um, and just kind of filth that they're throwing out there in terms of all speed deliveries and then just velocity. I think that is the biggest change is, you know, obviously we think back to Zach Burton and stuff like that throwing 96, but we've got a ton of players now in the bullpen that are throwing upper nineties and still seeing some, you know, plus 10 mile per hour differentials um, with their, their breaking balls. Um, So I think the bullpen's for real. I still don't buy the starting pitching. Uh, And I know, you know, we should because we've got enough of kind of a sample size at this point, but we talked about Zimmerman. I still don't buy Zimmerman. You know, Tyler Wells is doing okay uh, with a 3.75 ERA. I have a hard time believing that. I don't make know what to make about Jordan Lyles. Like the dude is like Houdini is the best way to put it. Like it makes no sense to me what he's doing out there and how he's doing it. But like, He's putting out some innings here and there. Um, you know, he's he's like the anti-Matt Harvey is the best way to put it. Um, I don't know. Like, it's the starting pitching still scares me. And like I said, people keep talking about the aspect of when we bring Grayson Rodriguez up or we bring a DL Hall up, who is going to slot out of the rotation? I'm like, well, it's probably it's pretty easy, like who you're going to basically slot out. Like, you're going to keep Lyles there. You're probably going to slot out Spencer Watkins. And then you're probably going to slot out Tyler Wells. But like these are not hard decisions to make. Um, but I just don't buy the starting rotation at this moment. I still feel like if I look at the entire starting rotation, I see another bunch of fours and fives in there. I don't see anybody that's better than a three is the best way to put it. Yeah. Jordan Lyles has been a really interesting you know, character in, in the story of the Orioles season so far. I did not believe he was going to be anything really of value i i thought that it was it was innings eater money yeah i thought it yeah. was you know we were going to get 5.2 5.5 era somewhere in that ballpark five plus we were going to get four and a third maybe a five inning start every once in a blue moon um but i thought it was going to be in essence uh, a matt harvey 2.0 um at best is the best way to put it um and Again, it hasn't been that bad. Um, it hasn't been pretty, but it hasn't been that bad either. So he has escaped a, a, a lot of weird instances. Um, and, you know, he's had some luck from the BABIP standpoint. I mean, if I'm looking at his BABIP numbers, it's 337 from a BABIP standpoint. Um, actually, I should say, that means he's he's not. It means that people are doing better against him than anything else. And even the left on base percentage is, is, is perfectly fine. He's at 75%, which is, again, very, I'd say, normal. You know, you're normally in that 72 to 75% range. So I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. Like he picks, he gets into bad situations and manages to escape them. Um, very George Charles-esque is the best way to put it. Yeah. And the Orioles playing great defense behind him. Uh, are they? Like, do we okay. really think, I guess. The, the Orioles managing to turn double plays. There you go. That's a good, that's the better way to put it. Like, yeah, I mean, the Orioles, you know, coming back to that aspect from a defense standpoint. The infield with Mateo at shortstop has been pretty impressive. I was not expecting Mateo to be as good as he was at shortstop. Um, it's been pretty decent, um, which is really surprising to me. I don't know what that means for the future, um, but Mateo's not bad at shortstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been surprised. I also think that, uh, you know, Ramon Urias is not a guy that you want playing every day for you, right? I really think that, again, when this team is good, if he's still here, he's a Ryan Flaherty at best. Um, But 
I do think that he will be more dependable at third base than what we've seen thus far. I agree with that. And again, I've, I've talked about it before for um, Urias. Of, I still think he's a piece on this team, but I agree that I think I've said before, I thought Urias was going to be a bigger piece. And uh, I was wrong about that is the best way to put it. So I think he has a bench spot and a potential bat off the bench. But that's about it um, is the best way to put it. Um, no, nothing more than that. So wait a minute. I'm not sure you actually answered my question. That means I followed Bird's Eye View's policies very well. Is the current watchable baseball we are being treated to a mirage? Yes. Well, all right. Now I'm sad. So we're back to bird's eye view. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, we've seen a lot of good series wins kind of in in a row. I think just win series, just win series. And again, that was a big big topic that we've always said back during the buckle up birds era. Uh, I just don't see it being sustainable. I, I think that. I think next week when the Baltimore Orioles go against the Yankees, I think there's going to be a, a slight return to earth uh, and there's going to be a lot of grumpiness is the best way to put it. Um, especially with a bunch of Yankees fans in the stands all cheering for the, for the, for, for their home team. Um, and I think that's going to put into perspective pretty quickly that maybe this team isn't so good. Just okay. a, just a hunch. Uh, Jake, uh, question for you. Truth or truth truth all the way all right uh so jake my question goes to this um who on the team right now uh, as a position player is the slowest position player on our team at this moment because like we could always go back and be like oh jj hardy's the slowest person on the team who is the slowest person on the team right now oh that's a good question um because like you i always think back to like it's got to be the catcher but if I look at Chirinos and Bemboom, I don't know if Chirinos and Bemboom are really that slow. Like, can I can I say something unpopular? Sure. Is it possible it's Trey Mancini? Oh, you know what? That's a really good call out. Um, where from a speed standpoint, he may be the slowest. I feel like he has decent base running, like acumen. Yes. But from a speed standpoint, you might be right. Um. So I've, I, like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I, I've got to pull the stat cast numbers to see like what is actually true and what's not true. But like I keep looking at this difference of like Torinos and Ben Boom. And like I said, I'm not saying Torinos and Ben Boom are, are good is the best way to put it. Like one of them is going to be gone uh, as soon as Adley is ready. But it's a weird position because like when Ben Boom or Torinos gets on base and they like we're going to put a door out there to pinch run. I'm like. Is that actually helping at all? Like, it seems like it's an equal aspect. Um, but yeah, Mancini might be the slowest from a sprint standpoint um, going forward. So just wanted to get your thought on that one. It's been nudging around in my head lately. Um, and like I said, I didn't know truly who is the slowest Oriole right now uh, on the position players. Well, I think, you know, you said you teased around the difference between speed and base running. Yep. Uh, you know, some of our guys who are athletic and, and quick are, you know, not necessarily particularly great base runners, mm-hmm. too. I mean, that is a definitely a skill. Absolutely. Right? Um, but I'll tell you one thing. I mean, watching Mateo uh, on the base pads is just super fun. All right. So this is an interesting aspect. And I know we didn't get to talk about this, but I'm thinking back to that Red Sox game. And I'm thinking back to um, how the Orioles walked it off on the overthrow. And it's interesting. Yes, obviously, um, you know, it was a bad throw. But again, Mateo going to third base made the pitcher feel like he had to rush to get it there. So mentally in his head, he's thinking, this guy's super fast. I've got to get to third base as quick as possible. Whereas, again, you have a slow runner on there at second base and he's going to third. Um, You may say, I've got an extra second just to collect my mind going forward. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was a really bad play. Um, the Red Sox should be embarrassed that that happened to them. But at the same point, it was the pressure that Mateo kind of put on there. And there's no metric in the world that is ever going to show that. Um, that's just baseball acumen that you're watching. You're just like, yeah, like that's someone that was rushing their throw because they weren't exactly sure where Mateo was. He could have looked over there, but in the back of his head, he's thinking really fast runner. I've got to get this over there as quick as possible. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, I think we're uh, we're at the point where I need to ask you 
Whether it's truth or truth. I'm going to go with truth. All right. Uh, we talked a lot about pitching uh, in this segment. And we've talked about some of the, the pitching that we're excited to see come up from the minors. And Scott, I, I think, you know, we are going to be treated to a lot of Orioles debuts this season. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun. But I am an Orioles fan. And I've been an Orioles fan through a particularly difficult period. And so I am hardwired to think and feel a certain way. And so I have to ask you this question. Which of the highly touted Orioles prospects do you think will disappoint the most in his Orioles career? Uh, Ali Rutschman. Really? Yeah. I'm very surprised. What what makes you say that? I feel like it's always this standpoint with a number one draft pick that people think he is going to be one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball, and it's so rare that that happens. Um, I think Adley Rutschman is probably going to be a really good player. I just I think people think he's going to be an MVP candidate, and I think more than likely he's probably going to be a maybe top 50 player. I think he is always going to be, you know, held to that standard of like, why is he not a Manny Machado like player? Um, you know, looking at Machado right now, um, you know, top war in all of Major League Baseball. Um, I always feel like he's going to be graded versus Machado in terms of how much of an impact he's having on the team. Do you think that he is going to have a better? a comparable or a worse career than Matt Wieters. Cause I think that is the person he will not be able to escape the same breath uh, as being talked about. I think he's going to have a much better career than Matt Wieters much better. Do you think that, and, and I'm, I'm trying to calibrate you here because I, I understand here, dis- here's the oddity of the whole situation. Like I think there's a really good chance by the end of Adley Rutschman's career that on a statistical basis, he may be the best Orioles catcher of all time. But there's a good possibility that he doesn't meet the expectations that were set for him. And maybe he doesn't lead the team to what this whole thing was, which is, well, Adley's going to come up. Grayson Rodriguez is going to come up. We're going to basically go through the rebuild. And then we're going to be a competitive baseball team. And then the goal, obviously, is win a World Series. And I feel like he may be a three or four war player. And... You know, maybe the Orioles get to the playoffs a few times. Um, I think if he gets a World Series, it doesn't matter. Everything is null and void at that point. Um, but I think if he's a three or four war player and the Orioles don't win the World Series, I think people will look back at him and say he wasn't the player that we thought he was going to be. Hmm. Okay. It's a lot okay. of pressure for, for a guy. Um, but I feel like the common fan is going to do that. See, I, uh, I, 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 I think there's wisdom there. I think you're right. Um, I'm I'm hoping that Adley Rutschman can be in the Hall of Very Very Good. Mm-hmm. I, I I would be thrilled if Adley Rutschman had the same kind of impact on this franchise that say an Adam Jones did. Right. Yep. I think if if we had that kind of player, I would be thrilled. Uh, but I think you're right. There is a little bit of, you know, the Jesus and cleats expectation coming up. And uh, I think that uh, that that certainly has the ability to to disappoint some folks. I got to tell you. I think with as much hope as I have put the starters in. Mm hmm. Yeah, as much as much of my emotional well-being that I have put in the Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall basket, yep. I think that it's Grayson Rodriguez who is the greatest opportunity to to hurt me the most. You've got him burnt on uh, further former beliefs of the cavalry in the past. Oh yeah, and um, the Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, uh, Kyle Bradish aspect is eerily similar to the cavalry like creepy similar is the best way to put it um so i can understand that that fear is the best way to put it um and i still i get where you're coming from because like i said we saw this earlier this year when john means went down with his injury one good injury to one of those players is going to wreak havoc on the psychology of all orioles fandom it it 
it makes me wonder again trying to calibrate the expectations what are you expecting from those guys and like how devastated would you be if they ended up being a you know a ben mcdonald in their career um so i could see someone like dl hall or bradish ending up like a ben mcdonald um i i am actually kind of expecting that honestly um Grace Rodriguez is, I don't know what to say. Like, he is filthy beyond filth. Um, and, like, just looking at some of the metrics, just looking at how he, you know, paints the, 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 the paints certain parts of the plate and stuff like that. I don't think, I think some people know this. And, like I said, I think if you're listening to, you know, The Verge for their podcast, and I think if you are, you know, following along with all the highlights, Grace Rodriguez is going to have some bad games out there. Grace Rodriguez is going to be the closest to Mike Mussina that we have seen um, in a long time. It is going to be that kind of caliber going out on the mound every single time. And yeah, you can go through Mussina's stats um, when he was with the Orioles. And there was a few games that he had bad games. But consistently, you know, he would go out there and pitch some absolute gems um, to kind of make his, you know, five inning starts with three or four runs kind of go away. Um, he would pitch, you know, seven or eight innings with no runs given up. And you'd be like, holy cow, that's a really good pitcher. <laughs> so I, I still think I, I anything can happen. I have more faith in Grayson Rodriguez than I have in an Orioles prospect in, in some time. Um, I think Kevin Gossman was the last one. I'm like, there's something there. And I think he's going to be really good. And lo and behold, you know, you watch him in Toronto right now and he is absolutely dominating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I, Gossman's the last prospect that I saw like this in the Aura's organization that I'm like, there is something there. Um, we didn't get to well, maybe, see that, <laughs> but we're maybe, seeing it now. You know, we're looking at this the wrong way because reading back my question, I, I said, you know, which of the highly touted prospects will disappoint most in his Orioles career? Mm. Maybe what will be so disappointing is that uh, some of these guys will do nothing here and then dominate in their post Orioles career. That, a, that would make me even sadder. That, like a Jake Arrieta, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I, I think, you know, like a Gossman and Bundy, and we just saw Bundy again pitch, and Bundy pitched kind of what I expected Bundy to pitch like. Gossman still bothers me a little bit, but again, it didn't make sense for the Orioles to continue on with Gossman and, and pay him the money that he was willing to get. I mean, it was a good time to kind of move on on both parties' side. But yeah, um, I, I ultimately hope that, you know, for the next five or six years that we see some really great performances and then the Orioles say, what are we going to do to basically keep some of these players around? Um, and then how do we continue to refresh the farm system so we see the next Grayson Rodriguez come up um, in, you know, five or six years as well? All right. Well, is there any other truth that we can get down to? Uh, I don't think so. I think we've covered most of the truth. Uh, folks, if there's something we missed or if there's some kind of truth you want uh, revealed or unveiled, um, contact us at BirdseyeViewBAL and ask us truth or truth. And we will do our best to give us give you our basis opinions uh, in, in the form of 280 characters or less. Um, with that, let's go ahead and figure out who is good, who is bad, and who is ugly this week in Birdland. That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get started. And my good, we talked about it a little bit earlier. My good is Jordan Lyles. He had a heck of a start this past week. Uh, again, he's exceeded our expectations, but he uh, started a game this week in which he went 7.1 innings, went into the eighth inning. Um, and I I'm just thrilled about everything we're getting out of Jordan Lyles. Gave up just the two earned runs uh, four runs over that uh, over that start but boy if we could just get that every time around the rotation or, or something even close to that I think it'll be worth every dollar they paid him yeah I, I agree like I said really nice performance 
Um, my good for the week is obviously got to go to the offense, but I think if we're going to give it to someone or something, we've got to give it to the home run chain. The home run chain popping out this week, everyone getting it. Um, a little fun aspect to kind of break up the monotony of it. Um, you know, we saw home runs from Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins. Um, it's even come out to St. Louis tonight with Taylor Nevin getting it tonight. Um, just a fun little activity. And you got people talking about the team um, and the kind of the, the the camaraderie that's going about. So uh, my good's going to go to the home run chain. Like I said, let's 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 keep it the fun in Birdland and, uh, you know, make baseball fun again. All right. Uh, my bad is going to go to the best uh, name on the team, Anthony Bamboom. Uh, Anthony Bamboom not getting it done at the plate. Uh, of course, that's not what he's really here for. It's just a little disappointing that, uh, you know, once Adley Rutschman comes up, it, it'll probably be Bamboom that gets the axe, and he's not really doing much with his time at the major league level. Uh, so I'm disappointed, I guess, for him personally you 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 said it exactly right the offense has been uh playing out of their minds mostly and somebody's gotta uh be bringing up the rear uh and so i guess my bad this week is uh anthony bamboom yeah i mean i would agree with that um my bad for the week is going to go to jorge lopez i know that he's got the whole situation going on but again it's one of those matters where he hasn't been crisp out of the pen recently um and has been doing a, a little bit more you know i wouldn't say giving up games but again just you know putting the team in a, to a bad position um you know again he's posting a zero era but again if we look at his fifth numbers um it's at 4.15 so again just poor command poor poor case per nine at 3.86 poor walks per nine at 5.79 um you know just just not great is the best way to put it so i'm hoping that jorge lopez can figure it out uh, but right now he's in my bad category for the week. Okay. My ugly for this week is all of the attention surrounding Nestor Cortez Jr. Mm. Um, it makes me sad that this guy is having a, a career after he was with the Orioles as a rule five guy for, uh, you know, for five minutes. My only me- uh, memory of Nestor Cortez Jr. is uh, the the gif of him sitting in the bullpen in the rain looking sad. Like, I thought that was his greatest contribution to baseball. Um, and now, you know, he's pitching out of his mind and I'm reminded of the fact that he was once with us and now of course he's pitching for the evil empire and doing it well um sometimes baseball sucks man yeah i mean i'm fully convinced that that is not actually nestor cortez i think that the yankees went and signed um some similar individual and they're just calling him nestor cortez because that is not the same individual that was here with the baltimore orioles so uh yeah not it's disappointing but it is what it is um my ugly for the week is just going to go to you know, rainy days and the lack of baseball on Friday and Saturday, everything just seemed off this whole weekend. And I know we got to Mother's Day and we got a doubleheader, single admission at that too. Um, and then we played some baseball on, on Monday. But being without baseball on Friday and Saturday, really, it was a bad vibe is the best way to describe it. And I know there was no other option because of how you know wet it was. But like I said, just cloudy skies, rainy skies and no baseball does not make Scott a happy person. So rainy weather and no baseball on Friday and Saturday was my ugly for this week. By the way, let us know. It's okay to tweet at us and let us know who your good, bad, and ugly is for the week. We get that every once in a while, and I and I really enjoy the conversation. Uh, Scott, before we move along to uh, blowing the save, we have we've neglected something Ooh, this okay. season. We have left some things out. Okay, there are things for which this show is known. Uh, we revisited one tonight by having the the baseball widows on the show. Um, you know, people are familiar with uh, the way we go through the medical wing. They they know about us going around the bases. Some people even enjoy the drink of the week. 
We just did uh, the good and bad, the ugly. But Scott, one thing we have yet to do this season is determine who's the boss. Oh, that's a good question. We have not had an appearance of fantasy boss yet this season, and so Scott, I'm going to throw the gauntlet down. I'm going to I'm going to throw out a category this week for us to take a look at, and uh, I'm going to piggyback on something you said. I want to know who you think on this roster is going to have the best chains above replacement value. Okay. Which Baltimore Oriole is going to spend most time with the chain? Who's hitting the most dongs? Uh, So my choice for most amount of dongs is going to go to Mr. Cedric Mullins. Okay. Okay, it's, that is not a bad choice. It, I, w- I was surprised, but I shouldn't be. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cedric Mullins just because he's been hitting the ball pretty fiercely. And again, I think Austin Hayes has been absolutely impressive lately. Um, but yeah, Cedric Mullins, I think, is starting to heat up once again. Uh, and I'm going to go with Cedric Mullins uh, for this given week, and, and I think he's going to dominate. Okay. I should not go with Anthony Bimboom, so I'm going to take chalk, and I'm going to say Ryan Mountcastle. I'm about to say Ryan Mountcastle is a great choice. Um, and again, if you're looking for pure power, Mountcastle's your man. So uh, we will see who uh, has the greatest chains above replacement, whether it be Cedric Mullins or Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, and we will cover that next week in Fantasy Boss, and uh, we will start it again. And we'll see if Scott can actually win a given season in Fantasy Boss. All right, well, with that, why don't we go ahead and uh, wrap this whole thing up and uh, blow the save. Scott, you asked me a fantastic question off mic earlier this evening, and it was too good. I have to to, uh, revisit it. You said, hey, what happens if on Monday, the Orioles call up. Was it uh, Rutschman and Hall? So I think it'd be yeah, it'd be probably Rutschman and potentially Grayson Rodriguez potentially could show up next week. Um, I think Grayson Rodriguez is pitching on Thursday um, in Norfolk, uh, which means that he would be available again Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So Tuesday night, you could potentially see a Grayson Rodriguez slash Adley Rutschman duo. Um, and again, they'd be back home against the New York Yankees. It's a possibility that Adley Rutschman shows up next week. It's a possibility that Grayson Rodriguez shows up next week. Um, it could be a really exciting week with uh, a lot of Yankees fans in the, in the stands uh, and with some of the top prospects showing back up for the Baltimore Orioles. All right, so we, you just said, yeah, I don't really want to be in the ballpark with the Yankees fans. But if we've got a dual uh, debut, you got to go, right? I feel like, yeah, it's one of those things where I think you've got to give it a shot to see if you can get out of the ballpark. Like, I don't know what else is going to really incentivize you to not go and do it. I mean, obviously, it's school night. So, again, you can't, you, you got to be careful with school nights. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I remember going to Manny's first game. I remember going to see Matt Weir's first game. I feel like these are the kind of games that you want to go and experience. Even if it doesn't turn out well, you want to see – the start of something is the best way to put it. So I know there's plenty of people going next week. Um, and I bought tickets for all week, um, which I'm sure the Orioles love them buying a bunch of Yankees tickets at an increased premium. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as Orioles fans, um, I'm looking forward to potentially getting out to at least one game next week um, and, and seeing, you know, some of these prospects. All right. Just, sure. It's a school night, but if you're going to go, you're going to take the kid, right? Uh, if I can convince the wife that it's a good idea, then yes. <laughs> but I think it's be I think it'd be a fun activity. I think it'd be a fun activity. Even if we don't see through the entire game uh, on a school night, um, I think it'd be a fun aspect to kind of start that kind of memory making, like we talked about at the very beginning of the year. Um, and again, you know, as he talked about tonight on the segment with the baseball widows. His current favorite player is Trey Mancini, so I need to start bridging that gap for him of when Trey Mancini's no longer going to be an Oriole, who could potentially be the next player that he could root for. Um, He's going to fall in love with Chris Owings. Uh, yep, that, we can we can make that happen. Hopefully he doesn't look at uh, Rogue Dan and says, hey, 
I like how that guy's throw a punch. I think I'm going to go ahead and root for him. So he's got uh, a puncher's chance of being a he's good got player. a puncher's chance of being a good player. So, but yeah, I think you know if it does happen next week, and you know, fingers crossed, it does. Highly encourage everybody to get out to a game. Um, and again, if you come to one of those games, love to get together, say hi. Um, I know we've done that before for opening day. Again, I think it'd be a really fun activity. I know that happened when Grayson Rodriguez made his debut before at Bowie, and everyone brought the gas cans. Um, like I said, I think I hope that we can do something similar to that to kind of celebrate the occasion. And that that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com, and we're all over social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, and as long as Elon Musk says it's okay, we're on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeview. B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.